You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. this episode we're talking about gang of four entertainment on the line i have rob now that's what i call entertainment ben please send me evenings and weekends and kyle i also listen to the record entertainment is the debut album by the english post-punk band gang of four it was released in september 25th 1979 through emi records internationally and warner brothers uh, in the u.s producer was andy gill john king rob war and the genre is post-punk, dance punk, and art punk. And I'm going to read from the book, Chris Shade. Gang of Four formed in Leeds, England, 1977, naming themselves after the Chinese political faction associated with Mao Zedong's widow. Eyebrows were raised when this left-wing group signed to EMI, but their uncompromising attitude remained intact. Entertainment's groundbreaking sound is due to the tight funk rhythms laid down by bassist David Allen and drummer Hugo Burham and Andy Gill's scratchy staccato guitar. The use of space allows John King's intelligently delivered vocals to be heard while the gaps are filled with jagged guitar feedback and melancholia. Definitely anti-sexist and anti-fascist, the band were lyrically inspired by the looming specter of Thatcherism and the rise of violence between right and left-wing factions that they witnessed in their uh, native Yorkshire in the late 70s. Taurus and Contract attempt to challenge men and women's traditional roles in society. Uh, Ether's Funkadelic-inspired call-and-answer vocals examine the way the media's exposure of Britain uh, mistreatment of Northern Irish prisoners was obscured by the discovery of uh, North Sea oil. Damaged goods explores the metaphors between sex and consum- consumerism. Most powerful of all is 545 with its portrayal of graphic war scenes on primetime television news. The music is, however, delivered with wit, anger, and raw energy, and the vocals never descend into mindless ranting. Entertainment is fresh and consistent. The gang's neo-Marxist funk inspiring uh, other groups. All right. What do we think of Gang of Four Entertainment? Stone Cold Classic. This I'm is, here for neo-Marxist funk. Yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> when I uh, when we started doing this project and we got to Can and Ben, you and Rob were just like, I'm here for Can. I was like, this is the best because I know what's going to happen when we get to Gang of Four. And I know uh, how it's going to go. And we're here. Oh, dude. How have I never heard this record? Rob, you're an asshole. Which, no. Which one of you failed me? Me. It was me. <laughs> I probably, I'm sorry. Either. 
I probably sang some of these lyrics in a van. In you like, have you in Ohio in your in your life whispered anything about this band out oh, loud. You son of a bitch! You would have tuned me out. No, I would not have tuned you out. I would have tuned in because it, it, this is no, interesting to me. Unlike a lot of things that you have to say, you didn't tune into <laughs> fucking David Bowie's Low. You didn't tune into Genesis's Abacab. Yeah, but man, David Bowie's Low. You were wearing like really tight vinyl pants and fishnets, and you were. You were singing and doing your little goth dances. It's not the same. <laughs> this is different. Excuse me. <laughs> you heard me, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, in several different episodes that we've done in the past few months, uh, about a mixtape that my college girlfriend's ex-boyfriend made her that had just like a lot of uh, cool stuff on it, like a lot of the pair ubu and uh, and like undertones and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that some was so on that uh, mixtape. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it, it, it's still, it's man, that that guy was cool, just coolest mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I got this album. Um, yeah, two thousands. I mean, when the whole there was a lot of this punk, uh, new wave inspired post punk stuff. Uh, obviously, after Fugazi too, I got into Fugazi, and then. It led me down the path of this album, bought this album on vinyl and just wore that thing out. I mean, it skipped. I think I eventually got rid of it because it it skipped so much. But this is definitely this was like one of the albums when I started making music. I I, I looked to it and I thought, this is me. Like, this is what I want to do. This is something different. It's It's a good point, Birch. This is a great party record. It's um, you can dance to it. You can. um feel alienated and isolated uh, you can rock out uh, uh, this record is a towering masterpiece yeah and the way the guitar comes in it shreds it's staccato it's it's all over the place yeah. empty spaces so good sorry and, and both john king and andy gill are are delivering like their own monotone lyrics and like overlapping and, yeah. and and it's almost like you need to listen to the song, listening to what John King's saying, and then you need to listen to it again and listen to what Andy Gill is saying, just to put together the whole of what the song's about. Like especially like Ether, like John King's lyrics are, you know, like ab- about like complacency of the uh, like upper middle class of of the UK, like like uh, imprisoned in heaven is like some of the uh, terminology used. Where Andy Gill's lyrics are. Uh, of like an IRA member in the middle of troubles and they're overlapping. It's just, there's so much to dissect. Yeah. Uh, it's lyrically very rich, uh, very intelligent, but it bops, it rocks. Um, you can dance to it. Uh, oof. I love this record. This episode, I did a deep dive on the, on the lyrics. Cause I had never done that before. Um, I knew there were, you know, dark lyrics. I knew they were, you know, somewhat political, but, who boy, there's there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, geez, okay, damaged goods, you know. I, I feel like this is kind of similar to the Elvis Costello record where they... I wonder if you were going to go there, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I see it. Yeah, it's interpersonal relationships filtered through, you know, some kind of political filter. And these guys are... They're very political. Not great men, you know, uh... Just every song on here. I've learned, uh, man, by listening to, like, not only, like, casually listening to, but, like, intently listening to and dissecting, like, Gang of Four and Clash 
lyrics these past like couple months i've learned so much about like like history and 19th and 20th century philosophy just from like references in their lyrics that i then need to go look up like i didn't know about the, like like not great men is in opposition to the great man theory which i was unfamiliar with yeah same you know? yeah yeah uh i found that essence rare i had to google castle bravo you know, to see what they were talking about. And they're talking about H bombs and bikinis. That was, you know, them detonating H bombs and bikini atoll in the Marshall Islands in 1954. She dressed for the H bomb. Yeah. And even if you ignore that, it's such a great <laughs> rock and party record. Yeah. You could, yeah. you could, on, on the surface, you could just gloss over everything and just think, this is interesting. This is I not even listening to the lyrics because they're doing something completely unique uh, with that staccato guitar, the sharpness of the angles of um, what's happening here. But you're right. I mean, there's multiple layers that they're working with here. These guys are all, what would you say, art student, you know, anti-capitalist mm-hmm. critique uh, dudes that were in college and into art school uh, French New Wave film philosophy politics, yeah, Marxism situationalism. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a it's. I think that's why I connected so closely when I was in college because it was I was feeling probably very similar to how they were feeling um, in terms of wanting to explore new ideas and and seek out different movements and philosophies. Uh, and, and read and, and yeah, explore more. But this is you're right. It does it presents it in a way that is so accessible. It, it, it's like accessible in a way that is outside the bounds of regular pop music. It's as if it, it's a true form of what I would call post punk because it it feels like angry DIY. Um, but it is rejection of the the, the normal uh, rock and roll. Now we're going to have a bridge here. Now we're going to have lyrics here. Now we're, you know, the, they, they said there's no solos. They're anti-solos. <laughs> you just stop playing. You know, they, there's no jamming in this. Uh, no solos, but yeah, there are yeah. It's so dancey. You can shake your ass to this entire record. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like it's like talking heads, but it's faster and cooler i don't know like when they rock they rock hard and you could just bob to this whole record not worry about what they're singing about yeah i just wrote down that like the chicago scene from like 85 to 95 owes this band a lot of money (laughs) like it's the entire sound also yeah you you brought up fugazi like fugazi doesn't exist without this nope like in the least bit oh i mean i could I can I can name it on you know I can't even name it on my hands how many bands Minutemen Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Fugazi Rage Against the Machine, uh, Athens yeah. bands obviously Big Black, I mean and the whole Steve yep, Albini yeah. scene uh, I yeah. mean Steve Albini Black. himself is like this is this is absolutely what I was trying to do um, and of course those bands from the two thousands like. The Liars, Rapture, um, all those like dancey punk bands that, yep. that came out. I mean, they're this is the album, this is the band that they are just <clears throat> looking at. 
They're literally just lifting this. Yeah, I remember the first Gang of Four song I heard was uh, uh, at home. He, uh, he's a tourist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember hearing that song for the first song. He fills his head with culture. He gives himself an ulcer. Like <laughs> That song is badass. And I was like, what's this band about? up some i'm playing live and it was like watching you ever see uh the show silicon valley it was like it's they're, they're all jared <laughs> they, they, they i, I forget the name of the actor but they all it, it, it I, I guess the kids today would call it normcore <laughs> you know like uh, they, they all just look just like that that gaunt nerd in a button-up shirt yeah they wore you know? utility trousers they were they made such a philosophy of being anti, you know, rock in the same way I think uh, uh, Devo had a had a philosophy of of what they were doing, and they just happened to be on a slightly different angle trajectory of of how they were creating the music. But they were absolutely, you know, you don't act like a rock star. We're not rock stars. We're not. We don't present this way. Those things are dead to us. Um, even though they, you know, originally were inspired by a lot of these bar bands like uh, Dr. Feelgood uh, and the British blues band Free, uh, where they copped some of their, you know, uh, ideas and inspiration. But they once they became, you know, this sort of gang of four, it 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 absolutely diverted into a this almost sterile band in a way. Yeah, very utilitarian. Yeah. Uh, did you watch uh, the Erg a Music War? So funky. Yeah. Uh, Erg a Music War. I have owned for years. Yeah. I, I, Grady still has my copy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that their track, um, I can't remember what they play on on that. But that is a wonderful representation of of uh, Gang of Four. It just is. I don't know. It's the timing is is perfect. Oh, with the lead singers just walking around like beating stuff with a pipe. Yep. Yep. Just slapping, yeah. just Great. like slapping a stick. <laughs> uh, in the in the guitar work, um, where it's it's almost like anti-playing. It 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 feels like someone's playing backwards, um, but yeah. in perfect time. It's incredible. We lost we lost Andy Gill in this last twelve months. Do, do, do you guys hear about circumstances? Pneumonia like symptoms in February of twenty twenty after a tour in China. Fuck off, <laughs> really? Yep. It may have been one it. of the first cases. Uh, at least like like uh like uh European cases, you know? That's horrible. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, they did break up. Um, I think they had two albums, then broke up, and then they kind of got back together. Obviously, when 
when you know this music came back um there was that big resurgence in new york dance punk um scene they reconciled and and played again such a good band though yeah Mm -hmm. did anybody have like a favorite track first time listeners did you like pull something out and you're like that's it maybe besides damaged goods damaged goods seems to be the it's it's very much a I would say the poppiest song that they that that is created on this album. That essence rare. I found that essence rare is very poppy. Yeah, that's true. Found that essence rare, but the band thought it was too commercial, so they did not. I I my 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 favorite track on this was five forty five. Nice. Yep. Yeah. I really like uh uh ether uh and uh, and return the gift. Lyrically, I thought Guns Before Butter was really interesting. Again, I, I had to look up references, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Blood and Iron uh, reference uh, in like the, the, the first verse of like, uh, Chancellor Otto von Bismarck saying like not success, like not th- uh, paraphrasing success, not through speeches, but through blood and iron. And then uh, the Herman Boring line, a uh, uh, quote of... Uh, Guns make us powerful, butter merely makes us fat. And just the, the whole philosophy of violence over nutrients <laughs> or, you know, power, power and fear over nourishment. You know, the older I get and the later stages of capital I live in, the, the, the more I'm just hanging on every word of these late 70s. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like nouveau Marxist bands. Yeah, I've got a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really strange too because I feel like this this album this era by the time they get popular by the time this is put out it there's almost this secondary wave of you know post punk element that happens where it becomes more of a pop friendly with uh, keyboards it, it doesn't have this diy I, I don't know what i'm trying to get at here but i i think that there was this feels like a brief period before we go back to more pop oriented music but boy there are some good pop hooks on this record yeah mm-hmm. no i don't i'm not saying it's it's completely absent this is not a throbbing gristle you know oh i know crazy experimental album by any means, but I do feel like I got engaged with this because I saw Fugazi's, uh, what Fugazi was doing and they saw what, you know, gang of four was doing and it's sort of a, how far can we push it with the, these traditional guitar based drums being obscured, but still in a rock setting. Yeah. Yeah. I misheard some lyrics on this album. Uh, I realized today when I was actually pulling the lyrics, I've been singing along all week. In the song Glass, what he says is, I'm so restless, I'm bored as a cat. What I heard was, I'm so restless, I bought us a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. I've been that restless. (laughs) Put your arm in an armrest. Yeah. 
Uh, someone did say that Andy Gill's gu- guitar playing sounds like Morris code <laughs> or that if, oh. or that he, um, it's as if his playing, uh, caused him playing straight chords would cause him pain. <laughs> they also did say that, uh, his guitar playing is probably the most ripped off post-punk, um, aspect, uh, maybe after. Yeah. Maybe before or after badly played disco drums. <laughs> <laughs> and just the, the those syncopated chops, it, you know, like Dave Allen's bass playing is is really phenomenal on this album because he brings the funk, the drums bring the funk, but those syncopated just power chord chops that he's doing really just gives it that that feel, you know. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like if the Talking Heads were like playing for their lives or something. Like, there's just, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> there's yeah. just such a, like an urgency, like. Yeah, it's as if the Talking Heads decided they didn't have any hooks, too. <laughs> they just they just yeah. did all bridges. <laughs> it, you know, like da- David Byrne, the stuff that David Byrne is writing about is not really too far removed from the stuff that John King's writing about, but it's like David Byrne takes a whole different angle at it. And, you know, and like, I've always kind of assumed that David Byrne registered somewhere on the spectrum and just like the way that the way that he thinks and the way that he describes things and the way that he gets to a point, it's just so outside of the box that I would, I, I really like that about him. And I'd always kind of assume that, but it's like, I, I don't know what I'm saying here. Just like the, 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 the pictures that David Burns painting with his lyrics and his imagery vibe with the same type of, uh, imagery that, that John King's getting at, but John King is getting at it from it almost like more of like a, a, militant researched perspective as opposed from to like uh like in artistic i i don't know i i'm i'm losing my words here no you're i think right. i know what you're saying ben i i feel like yeah. like they both talk about like isolation and commercialization you know just just from different approaches i feel like david byrne would uh do like a telescope or a microscope where he can comment on things where yeah. like like they're this is really important to them. And there's not that like uh detachment, like yeah. that um, yes. clinical kind of removal of material. Like this is very, very passionate. And I'm not saying that talking heads aren't, but like, no, it feels like he's writing, he's writing a, a fiction and poetry. And this feels like a manifesto. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We're well said. Yeah. They love song to a lamp. Yeah. Yeah, the vibe in, the, in a similar space in my head once the lyrics are distilled. Absolutely.
the I can't get over every time I listen to this album though I cannot get over the the sharpness of the the guitar and the placement of when instruments are are hitting and when they aren't I mean especially his his guitar work but it's it's like these these pinpoints that just jab at you like little like someone's just poking at at you to you know rock rock yeah it's mm-hmm. surgical for sure yeah yeah surgical the, the very occasional but always welcome melodica blast by john key he's credited with melodica on this album you know like like, like if you're not familiar it's a it's a keyboard that you you blow into like a like a recorder you know oh yeah and he's not playing anything virtuosic but in over half the songs of this album there'll just be like a melodic chord out of nowhere. It's just as syncopated as the rest of it. And it always, it always fits right in, you know? I think the difference between, um, this album and the album pushing nineties or beyond is the, a bit of a West dynamics within the recording. Uh, so the the bass and the guitar, the drums all feel on one level. I think that works. Uh, it's just different than uh, what what modern uh, records would would be recorded and and sound like. It's a very interesting approach, and I think it it lends itself well with a band like this because they are so clinical. And it's a bit tamped back down, uh, like Joy Division and some of those other bands that have this. It's so wild. It has a, a the the dynamics like pushed uh, into a smaller space. It's cool. Uh, it did at least reach uh, number fifty eight on the UK singles charts. So, what was the single? Uh, was it Damaged Goods? At home, he's a tourist. Okay. Yeah, uh, they did have an opportunity to play on top of the pops, <laughs> but they <laughs> did decline because they the show's producer wanted the line and the rubbers you hide in your top left pocket. He wanted that to be changed to rubbers to rubber <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, want to hug you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Want to kiss and hug you. <laughs> what a what a want to hug and kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, good for them. They didn't do the weird thing of not change it and play a different song. <laughs> they they did the thing of either don't play it or play it and refuse to change. That's a that's a fucking Moral code, like rock and roll. That, that is a like rock and roll scruples. Absolutely, that not the Rolling Stones upheld. Yeah, you either you either change but it and some time together. Yeah. <laughs> what I really want is to hug and kiss you. <laughs> that's much better. <laughs> oh yeah, that's much better. Um, <laughs> I think. I think that did hurt them a bit in in the uh, in their career. I mean, they the rubber is slang for condoms. It's still just the word rubber. Why should I don't get that either? It's they're not, they're not saying prophylactic. They're not saying condom. They're saying rubber. Let them say rubber on TV, just like a Goodyear ad does. 
the fascists were taking over, man. This aggression will not stand, man. But by the time, uh, I feel like by the time Solid Gold, their second album came out, they were already, it was like too late. People had moved on to, you know, uh, other bands, Depeche Mode. Duran Duran. Duran Duran, yeah. Gold. A flock of seagulls. Yeah. So this was their thing. This was their. Yeah. This was their uh, hit. All right. Do I even know, need to go around again? This is another mm-hmm. one. That this is. Positives. They just keep giving us good records. We we, we can't. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> I noticed that you're having trouble, Rob, dealing with the goodness. I am having trouble. <laughs> of I, the I, records. <laughs> I. I I need to uh, I need to adjust my my mindset and just deal with the fact that this book isn't a giant pile of crap and that there might be a lot of records that I enjoy. Yeah, you're gonna enjoy a, a majority, I would say. Disappointed. <sighs> I'm disappointed because I've been disappointed for so long. So I just I just I, I, I'm disappointed you've never checked this record out. Before. <laughs> I'm disappointed that your face looks the way it does because how dare you? <laughs> Yeah. Is this going to be a regular <laughs> rotation? Yeah, man. I think so. I just like, I, I can't even go back to my old standby of like, I'd rather listen to the bands this inspired. This is just freaking awesome. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. That's, that's saying something too. When you, you recognize that a band is directly influencing a band you really like. Uh, and then y- you, you would just pick the original band. Yeah, I, I just didn't realize how much everybody ripped this band off. So, whatever. This this record fucking rules. Uh, everyone should listen to it. Everyone should listen to this. Every single person. This is, yeah, and I could say this is probably an album that not everyone um, dives in on. A band that not everyone dives in on. But this album is so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, and it's very accessible, I feel like. Yeah. Connecting a second ago, I was about to ask you if you were very familiar with Solid Gold. If you would, uh, did you recommend? Yeah, for yeah, fans of entertainment, uh, it's. I don't know if I'd put it in the book because this one really defines this band. Um, it could be, but I, I, I think Entertainment's probably the sort of the defining um, album. But yeah, absolutely. If you like. If you like this, you like uh, Gang of Four. Solid Gold's great. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's on my short list because I was way into this this week. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Cheap Trick at Budokan. All right. Thanks, y'all. What? Budokan! I heard that they played a good set that night. I heard it was pretty good. It certainly did. Please send me evenings and weekends.